Hi, welcome to Christ Community Church. Good morning. We're so glad that you guys have joined us. We have an addition. Brian Rooney is here with us. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, if you're running around your house, get to your TV or to your computer and uh, join us. Uh, if it is your first time, we are Christ Community Church. Uh, thanks for being here with us. Uh, we're going to sing a song and we encourage you guys to join along and worship with us. up your name, to call on a Savior, to fall on your grace. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come, we're gathered together to lift up your name, to call on a Savior, to fall on your grace. We hear the joyful sound of our offering As your saints bow down, as your people sing We will rise with you lifted on your wings And the world will see that our God saves Our God saves together to lift up your name to call on a savior to fall on your grace we hear the joyful sound of our offering as your saints bow down as your people sing we will rise with you lifted on your wings and the world will see bow down as your people sing we will rise with you lifted on your wings and the world will see that yes the world will see that our God saves 
Good morning, C3. I hope everyone had a great holiday this past weekend. Um, Larry's asked me to challenge everybody, so I hope it challenges me as well. I wanted to read um, a few little quotes from some of the scriptures that I've read in the past and some of my Bible studies. Uh, one is, um, one of the hardest things to do as a Christian is to have faith that God is working and not to be afraid of all the things that come our way. We have so many challenges right now going on and change every single day. So please don't be afraid and um, don't give up on your faith, most importantly. And secondly, um, you know, God hasn't promised that we won't suffer in this life, but He has told us that He will walk through our valleys with us. He will be right by our side and His grace will be enough. So that was another quote from one of the um, studies that I've been reading. And... Um, Anyway, I hope that it uh, challenges you in some way. And we would like to read James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its works so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. God bless you guys and have a great day. to the heavens Your faithfulness stretches to the skies Your righteousness is like a mighty mountain Yeah Your justice flows like the ocean's tide And I will lift my voice To worship you, my King And I will find my strength In the shadow of your wings Your love, oh Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the skies. Your righteousness is like a mighty mountain. Yeah. 
Your justice flows like the ocean's tides. And I will lift my voice to worship you, my King. And I will find my strength in the shadow of your to the skies Good morning C3 and th- yeah thank you guys that was great Chris thank, thank you, you very much bless you <laughs> We appreciate that and um, so we're going to open this morning with the idea the thematic notion the, the, the message today the thematic notion is that people who are given information sometimes ignore that information, sometimes don't act on that information. And when that happens, when we choose to do that, then there's often problems. It creates problems. It creates problems. So you guys know by now that I go first, my mind goes first to literature and literary characters who reflect, art reflects real life, of course, so literary characters who've done these things. And my mind goes today to Macbeth, Shakespeare's Macbeth, uh, a man who wanted to be king, and, uh, but it took matters in his own hands. Someone told him, you should be king. This guy, you know, is terrible, so you should be king. And so he just took, took matters into his own hands, and by, back in that medieval day, what he did was just started killing everybody in his way to, to being king. Well, about midway, so that he just did it, and it seemed to be working. Well... By Act 4, things, things, he killed so many people that he got some information. <clears throat> and the information was, you need to stop this. The line is, blood will have blood. And so you're going to get what you give if you don't stop this. He got this information. He ignored it. He did what we all do. Often, he ignored it. And this is the line. This is what he said. He said, I am in blood stepped so far that should I wade no more, returning were as tedious as go or. I don't want to turn around. I'm, I'm doing this and I, I do not heed the instruction. And since it's a Shakespearean tragedy, you know what happens in the end. He dies 
by the, the same retribution that he gave, but so did a lot of people, other people that were innocent. Mm -hmm. So when we ignore advice or information that comes our way, often that leads to great problems. Yeah. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. on a much lighter note mm -hmm. than Shakespeare's Macbeth, <laughs> here is a friend, a clip, who shows us the exact same thing. I'm sorry, we have no midsize available at the moment. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservations. I know why we have reservations. I don't think you do. <laughs> if you did, I'd have a car. <laughs> See, you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation, the holding. Anybody can just take them. Right? Right? Yes. So the rental car lady didn't act on the information given. Yeah. She knew how to take the reservation, but she did not know how to hold the reservation, right? Yes. <laughs> when we are given important information and we ignore it, it goes badly. Either causes problems or for other people right but when we ignore important information it uh, usually goes badly I was reading an article not too long ago about the people that were on the Titanic uh, the people that were at Mount St. Helens mm. and the people that were in New Orleans as Katrina approached and how multitudes of people in each of those three situations uh, were given invitations to be rescued, to get out of those situations. But the, the uh, people just time and time again ignored important information that they were given. And as a result, they lost their lives. Um, not everybody's like that. Sometimes uh, there are people out there who are given important information and they don't ignore it. And as a result... It changes their lives for good. Uh, the lady sitting beside me, my bride, um, about, I don't know, a year and a half ago, she went to the doctor. She was having some health issues, nothing big, but just a few small things, dizziness, and she couldn't sleep, and she had indigestion, and a number of different things. Stop. It's time to stop. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, so she goes to the doctor. And uh, her doctor said, uh, gave her all these tests, and the tests came back, and were not the results were not good. And so her doctor said, all right, I need to put you on all these medicines. And Sherry said, is there any way that we can do this another way where I can address these issues without getting on all these medicines? He said, yeah. He said, and he gave her some instructions regarding her uh, exercise and diet and several other things. And said, if you'll do, do these things faithfully, uh, it'll affect these numbers in a very positive way, and you won't have to get on medicine. So she goes home, and if you, any of you that know my wife know that uh, there is no one that's more disciplined than my wife. I and, like me a good instruction now. <laughs> and so she uh, goes home and, uh, I mean, completely changes many, many areas of her life, her diet, her exercise, some other things, and uh, this goes on for about four months, I don't know, five months, I'm not really, I don't remember exactly. But anyway, she goes back, has all these same tests done at the doctor, then meets with the doctor 
to go over them and he goes, what in the world? All your numbers are completely different. The bad numbers are now good. The ones that were too high are now low. The ones that are too low are now high. What in the world did you do? And she goes, I just followed your instructions. I did what you told me. I embraced the information that you gave me and it had an incredibly positive impact and result uh, in her life. Uh, uh, Invitations to uh, uh, be included in wonderful things. Opportunities where people give you important information, vital information. It's only beneficial if it's embraced, if it's listened to, if it's heeded, if it's followed. I think that's a very important principle. So often we miss out on great opportunities, great blessings, because we were given information, we were given invitations, we were given opportunities, but we ignored it. We ignored it and we suffered the consequences. My wife and I and my daughter and son and grandson, we just went down to uh, Fort Morgan near Gulf Shores in Alabama last week, I guess. Yeah, what? And uh, had a wonderful time. It was just beyond great. And uh, one of the things that I love to do is to sit on our little balcony of the condominium that we rent and uh, watch storms come in from the sea. Mm And I love it. I, I love doing it. And so anytime that it looks like a storm might be coming, I run upstairs and sit on the back porch and I watch the, 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 the thunderheads, the cloudheads come in uh, from the sea, those dark black clouds. And uh, when they come, it changes everything. Uh, the temperature drops, the wind picks up, uh, the rain uh, uh, sweeps in and starts knocking everything over. Uh, cools it, things down. Yeah, it cools things down. It's beautiful. It's, it's wonderful. And what's great about it is that I do nothing. All I do is sit there in that chair and watch it happen. I, 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 don't, have, I don't cause it. I don't create it. I don't contribute to it. I'm not involved in it. All I do is sit there, do nothing but watch and enjoy Um, You know, I was thinking about that the other day and it hit me that a lot of people have a God or at least a view of God that's very similar to that kind of a big storm. Um, They want a God that does things like that storm did to the beach. They just sit there and watch, and they hope, maybe they even pray, that God will move in like that storm and bring rain. In fact, there's Christian songs that talk about the rain, the rain of God coming in and pouring down on us. And I'm not not making fun or mocking or criticizing those songs, but I would just say that so many of us have a similar view of God, a God that we hope will come in without us being involved, without us doing anything, and that he will just invade the situation, invade the need, invade the problem, and make everything wonderful without including us in any way. Like a miracle. A miracle. We pray for miracles, and I believe God does miracles. But I would just say to you that if you're a student of God's word, 
Um, while the Bible over and over and over and over again declares with great clarity and great boldness that God does delight in invading our lives and doing great and mighty things, bringing blessings, bringing healing, bringing joy, bringing rescue. Um, He delights in doing that. Most of the time, according to Scripture, though, God equally delights in our involvement, in including us in what's going on and in what He is doing. He delights in our uh, involvement and inclusion in what He's doing. And I think of like, uh, well, so many of the Psalms. In fact, I would suggest the majority of the Psalms are consistent with what I'm saying today. I think of Psalms like Psalm 34 and Psalm 37 where David is in a a terrible situation and he's being attacked from all sides and he's about to give up and he's crying out to God, God, help me, help me. Enemies are everywhere around me and I need your deliverance. I need your protection. I need your help. And God says in both of those Psalms, as he so often does, David, I'm here. And David, I'm going to help you. And David, I'm going to be faithful to you. And David, I'm going to be your defender. And David, I'm, don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. But then in Psalm 34 and 37 and so often throughout the Psalms, God says, but David, I want you to be involved in this. I'm not just going to come in like a storm and make everything right. I want to include you in what I'm doing. I want you to be involved in this. I think of Psalm 37 where David says, God, help me, help me, help me. And God says, David, don't fear. What he's saying is, David, I'm going to take care of this. But then he says, David, trust in me and do good. Dwell in the land and embrace faithfulness. Delight yourself in me. Commit your way unto me. Be still before me and wait upon me. Those are all actions. Do your part. Do your part. I want you to be involved in this. I don't want you to sit on the balcony and watch (laughs) me do something. I want you to be included in the miraculous deliverance and protection and rescue that I'm about to offer you. In the New Testament, Paul says exactly the same things in Philippians chapter 3. He says, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. God took hold of me. God's doing great things in my life, but he's inviting me to take hold of him, to participate in what God's doing in and around my life. I think of Abraham. If Abraham's life teaches us anything, if it declares anything to us, it declares that you cannot stay where you are and go with God. You can't remain in the place you're in and experience what God's doing. God came to Abraham and he said, Abraham, I love you. I got incredible plans for you. It's unbelievable what I want to do in and through you. But Abraham, to get in on this, You've got to make adjustments in your life. You've got to leave er, your homeland and your family and you've got to go with me to where I'm going to be at work so that you can experience all that I want you to join me in. I I think if you ask Noah or Joseph or Jacob or Moses or Rahab, 
or Ruth or David, Esther, Mary, the mother of Jesus, the prodigal son, they would all agree that God did great and mighty things in them and for them and around them. But each of them would say, God wanted me to be involved. God invited me to participate. God required adjustments in my life so that I could experience what God was doing. I think of Proverbs 18. Many of us have plaques on our walls or little, little uh, things on our phones or our computer screens that, that say this very verse in Proverbs 18. The name of the Lord is like a strong tower and the righteous will experience God's safety. Is that what it says? No, that's not what it says. Proverbs 18 says the name of the Lord is like a strong tower and the righteous will run inside and experience safety. Do you see how, has God provided the place of safety? Has God made himself a strong tower for those that have experienced his righteousness? Absolutely. But the righteous to experience that safety, they have to run inside. Sometimes the adjustments that God asks of us so that we can participate in what he's doing and what he wants to do in us and for us and through us. Sometimes those adjustments are external. They're geographical. They're physical. God asks people sometimes, like he did uh, Abraham, I need you to move. When he asked uh, Jacob to return home, when he asked the Israelites to follow him through the wilderness, when he asked Joshua to fight, when he asked Naaman to go and wash in the Jordan River, when he asked Esther and Daniel uh, to, uh, to stand up, to be bold and to be courageous and to stand up for the people of God. See, all of those demanded adjustments that were external, that were visible. Uh, one of my favorites I, I was reminded of in Exodus 14 where Moses has uh, uh, delivered the people of Israel through all those plagues out of slavery, but now the people of God and Moses are between the Red Sea and the army of uh, Egypt. And everybody's crying and wailing and gnashing their teeth and rending their garments and throwing dust in the air, including Moses. Oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help us. And God's response to Moses is, is very significant. He says, Moses, get up. Stop crying, stop praying, and go and cross the Red Sea. What I take away from that statement that God makes is, Moses, I'm going across the Red Sea. You want to join me? If you want deliverance, if you want to experience me, if you want to be a part of what I'm doing, if you want to experience my rescue, you can. It's available. I'm going across the Red Sea. Come down and join me. Moses had to make adjustments so that he could walk with God, so that he could experience God. Sometimes the adjustments are external. Sometimes the adjustments are internal. There are adjustments of our heart and our attitude. Sometimes God's not telling us to move or to fight or uh, to return. Sometimes what God's saying is, I want you to show love to somebody. I want you to give somebody some time. I want you to forgive or ask forgiveness. 
I want you to be a blessing. I want you to give help to somebody in need. I want you to learn to see and treat people differently than your upbringing or your past experiences have taught you. I think that's what God was doing in the life of the Samaritan lady uh, at the well, the lady at the well, uh, the adult, the lady that was caught in adultery and was drug into the temple, Zacchaeus, the apostles and their attitude toward non-Jews. God wasn't asking them to do anything, to move anywhere, to go. He just said, look, you've got attitudes and of values and priorities and heart issues that you need to adjust. If you're going to experience me, if you're going to be a part of what I'm doing, if you want me to, if you're going to allow me to do in you and around you and through you all that you want and all that I want, adjustments, significant adjustments have to be made in your heart. So many of us, we want to experience God's love, God's blessings and God's help. But we refuse to make the necessary adjustments that are required so that that can take place. But the Bible says that's not possible. If we're not willing to make the adjustments that God asks of us that are necessary, we will miss what God's trying to do in us and for us and through us. I think if Samson was here today, King Saul... Jonah, the rich young ruler, the older brother in the story of the prodigal son, the Pharisees and the Sadducees of Jesus' day. And I can give you example after example of people that God gave them invitations. Please come to the party. Please experience my joy. Please experience the blessing of giving forgiveness as well as experiencing forgiveness. Please let me use you to deliver Israel Please let me make you the, uh, an incredible king for my people. But they said, no. Oh, I'll take the blessings hmm. if you'll sweep in like a storm and do all this for me. But if it's going to require adjustments, if it's going to require anything on my part, no thank you. We want God to save the world, but we want him to do it like, change the world, but we want yes. him to do it like that storm. Yes, exactly right. Rather than a day-to-day Movement on our part. Thank you. When God spoke and revealed himself to each of these people I just mentioned, adjustments in their lives were required. But adjustments were not made. And because they weren't, they missed all that God had for them. I don't know if this means anything to you or not, but it, it means a lot to me. Uh, recently, uh, I don't know why it never hit me before, but it, it hit me in a significant way a few months ago. God never asked anything of me that he was not willing to do himself first. That's huge to me. That's huge for me. That the things that God asked of me, he was willing to do as well. By example, for the Lord Jesus to experience all that his father had for him. For the Lord Jesus to accomplish all of the plans that his father had created for him, he was required to make some major adjustments in his life. Listen to these verses. In John 6, Jesus says, I left heaven to come to the earth, not to do my will, but the will of my father. 
And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, uh, Paul says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Jesus had to lay down that wealth, all the riches of heaven, so that he could accomplish the Father's plans of making many poor people rich. In Philippians 2, Paul says, Jesus didn't cling to his place in heaven or his position as the Son of God or his divine nature, but he willingly emptied himself of all that was glorious and came to the earth to redeem us through his death on the cross. And then Paul says in Hebrews 12, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus was asked of his Father to make major adjustments so that God could accomplish his plans through Jesus and so that Jesus could experience all that the Father had for him. So God's not asking us to do anything that he did not ask his own son. My question for us today is this. What have we been hoping that God would do for us for maybe a long time? What is it that we've been hoping that God would come, would move into our lives and accomplish and do? Maybe we've been asking Him and hoping and praying for a long time, maybe in our marriage, maybe in the lives of our children. Maybe in the lives uh, of our friends, uh, maybe at work, maybe in our finances, maybe in our personal lives or our spiritual lives. What is it that we've been asking God, begging God, waiting on God to do, maybe for a very, very long time? Have we been asking with this idea that God is like a big storm? And we're hoping that He'll just move in like those big black clouds and bring his healing rain and change everything for good? Or are we asking God to invade our lives and help us and deliver us and provide for us and heal us and rescue us? But we're asking a God who when we think of him, he's a father, he's a king, he's a husband, he's a brother. And this God is saying, I will come. I will help. But I want to include you. I'm inviting you to be a part of the journey. I'm inviting you to be a part of what I'm going to do to answer your prayers and give you the desire of your heart. If you don't hear anything else today that I say, I want you to hear this. Following God and experiencing God is not passive and it is not painless. And any teaching that you would ever hear that would be to the contrary, that following God can be passive and painless, I would appeal to you, there are no examples in Scripture. Following God will often involve pain, and it will involve our willingness to be involved and included. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 13, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. You need to know them. We need to hear God's invitations. Hear, God, hear the information that God's giving us. Discover what God's wanting to do in our lives. But then we will experience His happiness, His blessings, 
if we make the necessary adjustments, we do the things that God is asking us to do. Maybe that's just as simple. You might say, well, where do I begin? Where, where do I start? What do I do with this? Maybe you start by getting up a few minutes earlier than, you used to, than you're used to and getting on your knees and opening up God's Word and reading a little bit about what he wants to say to you today, and talking to him a little bit. Maybe it's as simple as you make the adjustment of getting up earlier than you used to, and spending time in the presence of God so that you can hear him and discover what it is he's wanting you to do. I'm not telling you what those adjustments ought to be. I'm not telling you what God's trying to do in your life and inviting you to join him in, but I believe he is telling you these things. I believe he is wanting to reveal these things to you. I believe that he is inviting you to, be, to participate with him in some incredible things. Whether you're 17 or you're 77, we're never too young, we're never too old to be included in the things that God is doing. But are we willing to make the necessary adjustments that are required so that we can experience God, so that we can walk with God, so that we can participate with God in the wonderful things that he's wanting to do in our lives. We're going to end the service today by celebrating the Lord's Supper. I mentioned a minute ago that God never asked us to do anything that he's not willing to do also. And one of the things that he was willing to do was to accomplish his plans in my life, in Sherry's life, and in your life. He had to send his son, his precious, only begotten son, to this earth. He had to ask his son to leave heaven, to come to this earth and live a perfect life and ultimately suffer and die and be buried. And then three days later, he rose from the grave. Why did he do that? Why was he willing to make such drastic, sacrificial adjustments in his life? So that he could bring many sons and daughters to glory so that he could adopt us into the family of his father, so that other people could experience his father's love and blessings. He was willing to do that for us. And we eat bread and we drink juice or wine, and we invite you at home to do the same thing, to take some bread, crackers, whatever you got, it doesn't matter, and some juice or some wine or water, again, it doesn't matter. They represent the body and the blood of Jesus. And we eat and we drink these things to declare our faith in what Jesus did on the cross. It has impacted our life with God's light, God's love, God's salvation. We're now a part of God's family. And he wants that for you too. He loves you and he died for you and he wants to invade your life with his salvation and his goodness. And so we eat and we drink now just to declare our faith in what Jesus did for us on the cross. In Ephesians 1, Paul says, Lord, open the eyes of our hearts so that we can grasp the confident hope that you have given to us, your holy and rich and glorious inheritance. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad 
that you could be with us. We hope that God has spoken to you today and we hope that you'll come and join us again next week. Lord bless you. fall down upon the ground press my face against the earth till my heart arises over my head as the weed it bows down low when the autumn wind blows I kneel before the one I love if I'd be grateful Find me thankful, find me on my knees. Find me singing, find me dreaming, find me lost in your grace. Like the dust that you first held in the garden where you knelt, you pull me up against your feet again till the breath of your hope fills the depths of my soul till all I know is I've been found by love and find me grateful and find me thankful and find me on my knees If I'm me singing, if I'm me lost in your grace. Ooh. 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 The dust that you first hail in a garden where you knelt, you pull me up against your face again. Till the breath of your hope fills the depths of my soul. Till all I know is I've been found by love. You find me grateful. You find me thankful. You find me on my knees You find me dreaming You find me singing You find me lost in your grace Find me grateful and 
Find me thankful. Find me on my knees. Thanks again for joining us this week. We are Christ Community Church. We'll be back next week on Facebook Live, YouTube Live. Brian, thanks for joining us today, man. We really appreciate you being here. Uh, Sean and Zach, I guess. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all being here, too. Maybe. Yes. Uh, anything else? Sherry, anything else? Thank y'all. Y'all have a great week. Come back next week right here. We'll, we'll see you next week.